Yeah! Kick it! And we're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. It is June 28th, our fifth episode. Thanks for tuning in. Today we've got ourselves some big-time Texas Longhorn recruiting news. We'll dive into that with special guest Michael Taft. We've got to recap the NBA draft, talk a little Stanley Cup finals, uh, give y'all a primer on NBA free agency, and uh, just go into it all. AFC uh, East, NFL, East, NFL, East, man. NFL, AFC East Primer. Start those up this week. How about it? Oh yeah, deep uh, dive the division. Deep dive. Hell yeah! Uh, everybody, remember that we're uh, streamable on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Lone Star LD and on Instagram at Lone Star underscore Lowdown. Uh, we also are have our own website now. I think we finally got that finished up. Oh, yeah. That's the, the LoneStarLowdown.com. LoneStarLowdown.com. Know thee. Know thee, yes. Uh, anyway, let's get this show kicked off, man. Big news coming out for the Texas Longhorns this week. Um, you know, first family of football, uh, steps, uh, what, nephew of Peyton, Arch Manning. Commits, son of Cooper. Come son on. of Cooper commits to the Texas Longhorns. How about it, y'all? I mean, that's got to be the biggest recruit anybody can remember in, in quite some time. Maybe the biggest recruit ever? Hey, well, since Quinn Ewers, technically. Uh, oh, since he, since he decommitted? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, man. I, I, we all, I think we all saw this one coming. I, I, feel, I feel like if he would have gone anywhere else, it would have been a huge disappointment with all the uh, news we've been hearing for years at this point about a 15-, 16-, 17-year-old kid. Um, but he is a Manning, so... The news is worthy. I'm excited to see him getting on campus. I'm excited that our guy, Mookie Taft, uh, was able to say all the right things, show him all the right things about our great city of Austin and and get him to the 40 Acres next year. Yeah, and uh, we've even had some criticism for old Steve Sharkeesian, right? But at this point, you got it's a huge feather in his cap, right, to get one of the most coveted recruits. I mean, I would put him as far more media attention, and I know he had the same grade as Quinn Ewers with that perfect grade. You know, I don't always agree with these grades yeah, and yeah. ratings, you know. You Who kinda, knows? You take it with a grain of salt, but, man, as far as, you know, what this does for the program, and it's not even just the player, it's just the name value, and you can see the trickle-down effect that it's had, you know, in the recruits that they've been landing over the past week, which we're going to get into. But, yeah, huge feather in the cap for Sark, but at the end of the day, still got to go win, so only time will tell. Yeah, I, I mean, this next year is probably going to be one of the biggest years um, for Texas football that I can remember. We're, we're coming off a 5-7 and seven season. Uh, we got a big-time recruiting class coming next year or the year after. Um, we need to perform. We need to win at least 10 games next year. I, a Big 12 championship is where I set, I'm setting the standard for this year. What do you think, Shay? I definitely think competing for one is a, a big deal this season. You look at, uh, I think Baylor won it last year, right? Mm-hmm. And um, With a freshman quarterback, too. And Oklahoma's got a new head coach, and they're obviously the uh, perennial favorite to win the conference. So they should have also a rebuilding year. They lost both of their starting quarterbacks to the transfer portal. That was uh, uh, Caleb Williams and what was the other guy's name? He went to South Carolina. 
It doesn't matter. He's uh, not Rattler. 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 Spencer Rattler. It's, it's funny how we all forget about him. And before last year, he was like the perennial number one overall pick in waiting, you know? Well, he's a Gamecock now. <laughs> anyway, um, so they're down. Uh, we got to try to get a Big 12 title before we go to the SEC, man. Like, it would just be a feather in our cap to get our fourth Big 12 title in 25, 27 hey, years, yeah. something like that. Yeah, you would, you would think there'd be more. How many have we appeared in? I know we lost one to Colorado back in the day. Um, we lost one to OU a few years back. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's what five total at least. Uh, have that's... we lost any more? I know we won like the very first one, and we beat Nebraska. Uh-huh. And then we won one with uh, obviously with Vince Young. We won one with Colt McCoy. Yep. And the, the Domicon Sue game. Nah, that's, and that's one of the grossest games I've ever had to watch in my life. And that's. I think well, that's obviously it that we've won. Um, I don't know if we ever slipped in and lost back in those Big 12 North days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think we just have three. And then we've played for probably five. But, hey, back back to Arch Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you expect him to come in and start as a f- true freshman, even if Quinn Ewers or Malik Murphy or maybe even Hudson Card still here? Do you, do you expect him to start over any of those guys right off the bat? No, I expect people to want him to start, but I think uh, at the end of the day, you have to be realistic and understand that a freshman quarterback, a kid who's, what, 17 right now, uh, in two years will be 19, and Quentin Ewers is pretty young too, but to just to just give him the starting job over guys who are have been around the program, have been you know leading this team, especially if we have some success next season – uh, you can't just assume he's coming in to take that starting job uh, as a true freshman. I could even see him redshirting and waiting for it to open up a little bit and maybe waiting for us to get in the SEC. Do you think he expects to have that job right off the bat? Because personally, I feel like he's not the guy who wants to come in. He's like, hey, I better be playing for you game one freshman year. Yeah, I, I don't think he is either in – you know, I really don't think it's really about the college football success as much as, you know, he wants to get to the NFL. When you've had two uncles who've been number one overall picks, that's his end goal. And the Manning family, and they decided to put that into Sark's hands. And, um, you know, we're going to go through real quick all the list of first-round quarterbacks that Sark has coached. And you might be surprised by this, but uh, he he was the um, quarterback coach back in the day when USC was running through college football. So Carson Palmer, number one overall pick, had a Pretty good career. Obviously, didn't do anything in the postseason, but he had a good career. He's a good player. He was um, on some bad teams. Yeah, he was on. He was and in Cincinnati. His career got derailed by a leg injury. Uh-huh. People forget about that. I mean, he he had he was a good, good player. career yeah. in and the then, NFL. So after that, you have Matt Liner, tenth pick, first round, head coach of Washington after he left USC. Coach Jake Locker, who obviously how can we forget? He got him to the number eighth pick though. This man was picked number eight in the first round. So Arch is probably you know obviously. Arch is uh, expecting to be up there in the top. Obviously, you got Tua and Mac Jones. So he's coached these NFL guys who have made it to the NFL, and that's what Arch wants. So I don't think he's going to come in and need to you know, play as a freshman if he can't earn the job. I think he wouldn't mind sitting, waiting a year. I couldn't imagine too much more than that. Um, it's interesting, though, because Quinn Ewers has already used up his transfer uh you know his transfer portal. So if he wants to transfer again, he's going to have to sit a year, or he's going to have to I graduate. Still th- I still don't think you actually have to. I think pretty much every appeal that's going through these days to not sit. Is, well, it is the rule, like, but proved. I guess you could appeal it, or you know, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure how that yeah. works. Well, let's 
Let's hey. keep it to Arch for right now. Yeah, we yeah. can talk Yuri's maybe later. Uh, I I watched some film on the kid. Uh, he's got a lot out there. He plays at is Isidore Newman School out in New Orleans. I think he's a really polished passer, and man, the kid can throw on the run. He is a bootleg magician. A bit more mobile than you might expect, you know? From a Manning. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently Cooper was a wide receiver, which I didn't know that. Uh-huh. A Most a athletic. Good, a damn good receiver, too. Yeah. And he just didn't play college because of a, I think, a neck injury. Uh, he had, uh, like, a nerve condition no, he, or something. something yeah, some freak injury him. that, you know, and he was the oldest one. Uh, anyway... He's mobile, and he can throw on the run, man. He's got good field vision. Uh, obviously, he's playing maybe not the highest level of high school football out there, but is playing with some you know talented players and looks really polished really, really early on, man. Quick I, release. Yeah, I think uh, he clearly knows how to run an offense, knows how to lead a team, and he just looks like a five-star quarterback. You got to imagine that he's been watching, you know, NFL-style film since he was, like, five years old. You know, he's got to be raised in this. Yeah. So I mean, you expect well, he, his intellect to be higher than the average freshman coming in. We'll hear a little bit more from from Michael Taff here, here in the next uh, segment, but he's a baller. He loves watching football. He loves studying football. I, I expect big things out of him, um, from maybe from the start. I, I might be one of those guys that wants him to start as a freshman, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how these next, you know, next year at least yeah. goes. I mean, I mean, he'll be here in January, from what I've, I'm hearing, right? He'll probably be an early enrollee. I yeah. can only imagine. If they, if Texas goes out and wins eight, seven games next year, he has a very good chance to be starting as a freshman. You know, so yeah. All right, but y'all want to get into the the re- the rest of the commitments that have happened over the last week since Arch Manning? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I did my research. Um, we had about. We had four O linemen commit. What was it? Uh, two days ago, uh-huh. and we didn't have any offensive linemen verbally committed prior. That's huge, too. That's oh, yeah, and this was you know a foundation. A, exactly. No, uh, I mean to play in the SEC, we're going to need offensive and defensive linemen. That's you know, dominating the line of scrimmage is uh, paramount to everything else, regardless of quarterback play, regardless if we have a Manning. I also think to that point, you know. They look at how they played against Arkansas, and they feel like they got bullied around a little bit in that game. They couldn't run the feel ball. Like they got bullied not. around, yeah. and you know they're going to the SEC, obviously. So you know they had six offense or seven offensive linemen in the 2022 class, and they're stacking it back up in the uh, 2023 as well. Yeah, so uh, let's go over. We'll just name these guys. Tell, tell y'all where they're from. Uh, we got Connor Stra, three star out of uh, Frisco, Texas, Wakeland High School. This kid's six seven, three hundred and forty five. Man, kid looks like a man among boys on his film. He plays left tackle up there, and uh, what I noticed is that he could just engage defenders in both the pass and the run. But maybe he needs to work on uh, getting off his first block and getting down the field in the run game. But a really big bodied kid. Uh, I think he could play tackle at the next level. Uh, with a little bit of development, with the footwork, I think he could be, you know, starting in a few years. Um, also, we've got uh, Jaden Chapman. This is going to be the highest-ranked uh, prospect. He's a four-star offensive tackle out of Harker Heights. Awesome kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's 6'4", 288. He's a great run blocker, man. He's got pure power and bullies people. Um, he's playing left tackle right now. I could see him, though, transitioning inside and playing guard. 
he blocks well down the field, and he stays with the blocks through the play, which is really uh, impressive when watching his film. I definitely think they're going to be looking at him at interior at some of the guard spots because of his height. Generally, they, they like a taller guy uh, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those 6'4 six, six versus 6'7. Yeah, you know? big difference. Exactly. Know? When it comes to wingspan and these DNs nowadays, man, you're going to be playing against the Trayvon Walkers from Georgia, guys like that. They have long arms. They're fast and explosive. So, yeah, I mean, you uh, you need range, man, to handle these defensive end, outside linebacker, just that speed coming off the edge, especially in the SEC, man. And then just to wrap it up, we got a couple more three star uh, tackles. We've got Trevor Gooseby out of Melissa, Texas, and uh, Andre Kojo, who might be my favorite name of the group. <laughs> hey, uh, Gooseby's not bad either. No, no, go- the goose isn't a bad in a bad nickname potential either. Um, but he's yeah. also he flipped from TCU. Um, I was hearing from my sources that Gary Patterson played a huge role in flipping him, and they had a, a few personal conversations where he was able we were able to get him from TCU. And hey, they're known for bringing in three star guys on both sides of the ball and turning him into NFL athletes. They live off that. Yeah. So. Oh, I mean, just look at TCU's success in the Big Twelve since they joined it. It's probably equal to all of the Longhorn success throughout the history of the Big Twelve. I mean, I'd, I'd have to look at it, but so like draft class wise, or just game, uh, winning like games, getting to the championship game and winning it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do they have one? They have one, two. Andy Dalton didn't get him one. I think. Well, he did. that was prior, I guess, to them joining the Big Twelve. I'd actually have to, I guess, go look at it. But I know they tied they, with Baylor been, that they, one year when there wasn't a championship game. They won, you know, the regular season. Uh, so that might have held them back from actually getting to the game as many times. We had to go back and look at that. We can bring it back up next week. Anyway, let's talk a little bit more about this class. Derek Williams, is that what it is? Yes. Name? Yeah, all right. I'm going to go over Derek Williams uh, real quick. He's the highest-rated guy that uh, the Texas Longhorns got to commit. This guy had offers from anywhere you can think of, LSU, Ohio State, Alabama. He actually had an official visit, visit planned to go to Alabama, but after visiting Texas this weekend, um, he, he locked his commitment in. This guy is a six foot two, 185-pound safety out of Louisiana. Uh, depending on where you look, he's going to be a five or a four-star, but he's certainly up there as far as uh, the pantheon of recruits go, but he's a hard-hitting safety. He's a guy who's going to... Number two in the nation. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends where you look, but hey. anyway, we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, yeah. Let, let's hear... Let me get the scouting report you out. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... Makes plays in the run game, dude. This guy is a physical player. When you talk about running slants over the middle, these poor high school future lawyers or whatever he's playing against, they're just getting absolutely creamed. He is, he is lays people out on film. He, he actually plays a bit of running back, too, for him. And uh, you see the athleticism, the shiftiness. He's going to the crib from like 70 yards out. Obviously, you're not going to be expecting him from that. He's going to be a safety. I think he has a real good chance to play, you know, within his first two years and, you know, be a very big contributor to this team who certainly lacks physicality in, uh, in the run games. If we look at, you know, them playing last year, just check out the Kansas game real quick and uh, you'll notice that. Well, the, my biggest takeaway from this commitment is that as of right now, Texas has two of the top three recruits out of the state of Louisiana. Yeah. And the last time that LSU has not gotten uh, two of the top three in their own state was 2011 when Alabama took two of the top three. I don't yeah. know who they were, but being able to get into that state where there's a lot of untapped talent for teams outside of Louisiana or Alabama is huge for the program, I think. Yeah, I think moving to the SEC, too, you know, you're getting more of those those guys yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, we obviously we got to own the, the state of Texas first yeah. and foremost. 
Um, one more guy real quick, Jonah Wilson, four-star wide receiver, committed. Uh, all these guys we mentioned, by the way, have committed since Arch Manning came out and made his commitment. Now, obviously, they're not just following him wherever he goes, but, you know, you could uh, – you could read some correlation there, but uh, Jonah Wilson, um, six foot three, two hundred pound receiver. He's already a big bodied guy. This guy is fully, dang near fully developed. I can see him putting on about ten more pounds, but he's about what you want as far as size go. Outside receiver. He's out of Houston, Texas. Um, Spring to Caney. Yes, I could. I was I was looking for the high school. Um, I got gotcha. you. Big body guy, outside receiver. High points the ball all over film. He's running streaks you don't see a lot of varied routes you know it's high school you know a lot of these teams don't have complicated route trees necessarily but that's what coaching's for so uh, yeah he's a guy who can make plays down the field um big body guy mostly play on the outside so it'll be good to see um you know if he can get in and get some playing time they're bringing in a lot of receivers over the past few classes I think Sark really wanted to improve in that area they're bringing in a lot of transfers in the 2022 class so uh yeah but it's a good get for the uh, Texas Longhorns here and uh, just lastly, uh, Leona Lefu. Uh, we got to mention him, man. We pulled this kid out of Hawaii. Like, they don't even have state rankings of recruits in Hawaii. <laughs> um, anyway, he was a 22nd ranked linebacker, um, 6'1, 217, four star kid, a sure tackler with no hesitation pursuit of the football. Uh, watching him, I saw a box strong safety at the next level. Um, he plays in Hawaii. Uh, you know, he plays both ways. I'm not sure about the competition level out there in, you know, uh, Kahuku. But uh, <laughs> he hits hard and he makes plays with the ball in his hand. He's got he's, some real speed, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, we're getting recruits from all over, out of, out of Louisiana, uh, California, Hawaii, just, you know, really imposing our national reach on recruiting, which I think that's just a uh, – a great step forward for the program. Real quick, real quick, uh, another guy to keep an eye out for, just future guys who haven't made their commitment yet in the 2023 cast, class, uh, John Anthony Cook out of DeSoto. Texas is really hot on John that trail. They're really hot on that trail, so keep an eye out for that coming down the pipe. Oh, man, he would be huge. That guy is – I think we're, we're, we're in the mix for sure. He's definitely – he's like one of those guys out of Alabama that we've seen coming come out of the draft in the last five years. Speed. Um, yeah, the ability to, not too bulky, but he's shifty in and out, oh, making yeah. them quick breaks. He can still high point a ball. Oh yeah, six uh, foot, physical, fast, all that. Yeah, love to see it. Uh, well, got anything else for this segment, boys? Not as far as Texas football goes. You, Corey? Uh, you know, I think we wrapped it up. It's a big, big week for Texas football. Um, obviously, we got to see how this translates into the future. But you know, it's very good to see as a Texas supporter. Oh yeah. Definitely. Uh, well, and our next segment will have uh, Texas safety Michael Mookie Taff uh, on, on the show, our first interview ever. Uh, we hope you all enjoy that. But we'll be right back with the Lone Star Lowdown. Welcome back to the Lone Star Lowdown. We have our first official guest ever, uh, Michael Taff here, member of the Texas Longhorns and DBU. Michael, what's up, man? What's up? How are y'all doing? Uh, you know, you know, just live out here in the hills of Westlake, living uh, in your domain. Michael, um, 
you know, you've been at the University of Texas, what, just going into your uh, second year on the football team. Uh, um, how do you like it, man? Is this a, is this a serious program? Are we building something for the future? Or are we getting back to where we need to be? Yeah, I think last year, just being, having the staff, having their first year, um, it was like new to everyone. And it was new to me coming in and it felt like it was new to the staff and it was new to the returning players. And so um, just building that culture that they're trying to create and we're trying to create as well um, is kind of where we're going right now and bringing in the guys that we need to bring in. Obviously, you can see <clears throat> this past week we're bringing in a bunch of new talent um, and the talent that we just brought in in the 22 class is unreal and they show up to work every single day. So it's been really easy to try to um, bring that new culture of, of winning and what it takes to win to these new guys. Well, you certainly know what it's like to be a winner, man. You won uh, two state titles out here in Westlake. Uh, you were an integral part of that, um, what was it, the 2020 team? When you were uh, playing all sides of the ball, uh, you know, they had you at a receiver, uh, defensive back, and uh, you returned punts too, didn't you? I did. Yeah, man, you were a baller out there. Thought you were the heart and soul of that team, and uh, you know, obviously, you installed some winning way, winning ways as uh, they, you know, picked up the third in a row this uh, past season. Uh, That's right. You think they're going to continue that success over at Westlake? I think so. I think I'm not sure who the quarterback's going to be this year, um, but I don't think they'll have a problem with finding one of those guys. Um, coach Salazar, it'll be his first year as the head coach, so. I think he's an awesome guy. He knows what it takes to win. Um, he's taught me almost all that I know. So um, I have a lot of trust in him. And I think everybody in the Westlake program knows what it takes to win. And it's not who you have, but it's the how and it's the why. And so they know what it, what it takes to win. Well, Mook, uh, I know there's two big recruits coming out of uh, Westlake next year, Jaden Grayhouse. And what's what's the old lineman's name? T.J. Shanahan. T.J. Shanahan. Uh what are you going to do trying to get them to the 40 acres? Well, we there's also another one, and I know y'all are pretty familiar with his dad, but Colton Bosick. Oh, uh, well, how could, how could we forget? He was my position coach back in the day. Right. And so he's a dog also. And so I've been – I have more of a relationship with Colton um, than any of the three probably, and so I think he's a dog. Um, I hope he comes. And then Jaden and TJ. I don't know TJ that well because – I never played with him, but me and Jaden went back and forth on wide receiver DB one-on-ones every single day, and um, he's a hell of a competitor. Um, I just, you know, you got to let them know where home is, and, you know, it, you take for granted how important it is to hang out with your family once you're away. And so just being able to drive 15 minutes to home whenever you want to is such a huge thing for me um, just because family's everything to me, and I know those kids – value their family too so just understanding that we have something special brewing up right now and um it's going to be fun to watch us in the next coming years and then you know you're from Westlake, you want to stay home and you want to bring the title back to texas yeah so speaking of uh recruitment i know you were just involved in a pretty high profile recruitment of arch manning uh hosting him last week uh can you just tell us a little bit about how you sold him in austin and the ut program yeah um I think the uh, the selfish part of me would want to say that I I did a lot of work, um, but I think he he's a very smart guy and he knows that um, he took it 
very step-by-step his process and he didn't let all the all the bling and all the the cool stuff in the jerseys and what what cool stadium it was but it was just down to ball and the degree and who he can who he can lead to a national championship and leave his legacy um and so it kind of came down came down to that for him was i can come into texas and be the one to bring back a national championship and i can make a name for myself i think it's pretty cool to do it at the university of texas and be who you can be and um i think he just as far as me, he just believed that the culture is really changing just because of the way that we had talked about it and the way that I was expressing to him that we're not we're not going to lose any more games here. We, we want to win so badly, and it hurt losing seven games last year, and we're going to do all that we can to never go through that again. So he was convinced that um, the culture is changing like it is, um, and he wants to be a part of it, and he wants to be the front and center got to do it well man that makes sense um can you give us a little insight i mean obviously five and seven last year uh wasn't up to expectations for most texas fans or i'm sure y'all i'm sure y'all were the most mad about it of anyone um but have you seen kind of a culture shift from year one to year two for you in the program and with sark and pk and the guys on defense um absolutely yeah you've seen a big change absolutely yeah i think i think uh there's a psychological fact that says it takes 18 months for a culture to change. And we're hitting 18 months here in about a week or two, as far as the staff getting um, to the program. And so I think, you know, like I said, it takes to change. And when you have the athletes that we have in our hey, building. Hey, Mook, you're breaking up. You're bre- staff, you broke up a little bit. How right there. smart they are. You broke up a little bit. Right oh, sorry. There. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, what I was saying was it takes 18 months for a culture to change. Psychologically, it's proven that it takes 18 months for culture to really change. And so it's been in a week, it'll be 18 months since this, since this staff got on to the 40 acres. And so I think just the consistency that they're preaching and that we're trying to relay to the younger guys and throughout the team, um, just about how it takes to win and, what we got to do to win. And, you know, college football winning is really hard. Every single team is very good. And so I think just consistency, 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 and just work um, and never letting your ego get to you, but just putting in the grind and um, wanting to win more than the other team. And so, I mean, I know that we're going to be really good next year, um, but all that is talk until we prove it. So. Oh. Hell yeah, man! I like the I like the sound of all that. Hey, <clears throat> hey, Michael, it's Corey Gidry, man. Uh, thank you for joining the show, man. I really appreciate it. It's great to talk to you. Uh, I just had to know, man. Uh, how often do you remind uh, old Quinn Ewers about that state title game from a, a couple years ago and the game that you had against him? Well, Quinn is one of my good buddies now, and uh, he was actually the one that brought it up first when he came onto the came into the building and came on a campus in the winter, he said, Hey, I'm not going to lie, man. I know I didn't think you could jump that high. <laughs> <laughs> and so ever since then, we kind of just joke around about it. Um, it's kind of a, a funny inside joke to, to both of us, but I think deep down it, it hurts him a little bit, but 
Um, he knows who I'm the best so lick is. He knows who the best lick is, right? That's that's exactly right. Well, that's um, right. Well, hey, Mookie, I know I know you're in a rush, man. You got some stuff to do tonight. I just wanted to thank you for coming on, and hopefully we can get you on uh, closer to the season. Maybe, uh, may, hopefully you're balling out on there on the field, man. I, I know big things uh, are to come of you, and I, I I expect it from you, from a Westlake Chaparral, man. Well, uh, Mookie, thanks for having you on, man, once again. Yep, yeah, thank y'all. Hook them. All right, welcome back to the Lone Star Lowdown. I'm Ty Henderson. We got Shea Holt and Corey Guidry. There you go. Oh, hey, first time ever. First time. First oh my time god, we ever. need a party. First time Ty <laughs> has said my name right. I've known him for like what three, four months now. I think longer than that. We got it right. I appreciate yeah. it. We're real friends now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, but uh, I hope y'all enjoyed that interview with Mookie Michael Taff, uh, starting or hopefully starting safety of the Longhorns next year. We'll see. He's he's moving up that depth chart. Uh, but in this segment, we got a little NBA draft, a little free agency primer starts today. Uh, I'm sure some news is already dropping, but let's get right into it. The Rockets held the third pick and. Somehow got a hold of Jabari Smith. No one thought it saw it coming, Shay. Man, I wanted Jabari. Um, it really looked like he was going to go first overall, but as we talked about on our last show, the betting odds started to swing, and it was like nobody knew what was going to happen. It was pretty much consensus that Holmgren was going number two to the Thunder, but nobody knew what the Magic were going to do at the top. And, you know, when the time came, they took Paolo Banchero, and uh, just as I s- drew it up in my head, uh, the Jabberwocky fell to the Rockets, man. Uh, it's who I wanted. Um, kid out of Auburn, power forward. Uh, what is he, 6'10", with a 7'6 wingspan? He's 6'10 for now. His oh. father claims that he's not done growing, so apparently we s- he still could be 7 foot, according to him. So, Yeah, man, a really fluid uh, three-point shooter. A good defender, man. I... Really like this pick. It's who I wanted. The Rockets, two years now, have been the worst team in the NBA and not gotten the first overall pick. But I really like what we've done, getting Jalen Green and now Jabari Smith. Um, We also got this guy, Tari Eason, out of LSU, another forward. And we also got Ty Ty Washington. Uh, I believe he's a point guard out of Kentucky. So an all-SEC draft picked up. And the Ty Ty Washington guy was... Gonna be a lottery pick, but I think an ankle injury derailed him, and that's why he fell all the way down to the 29th pick. So the Rockets had three first-rounders that make the most of it. Uh, I really like this draft, really like building for the future. Uh, I think that uh, it's just what we needed to do, and I'm not sure if we're going to try to compete next year or try to tank again for this, uh, this Frenchman coming out next season, but... I really like where the future's headed, man. A really young team with a lot of talent. What do you, uh, what do you think about it, Corey? Do you got something real quick? Or? Ah, I, I, y'all, hey, y'all the Rockets. Okay, well, your hand was up, so I just, I just had to ask. I loved it, and the thing I love the most about it is watching Jabari play defense. Like, Bancaro, we all know, is part of the scouting report. He He's not a defensive guy, but when you're watching Jabari on the perimeter, blocking shots, getting steals, guarding smaller guys, and 
being quick enough to stay in front of him, I was super impressed with watching him on the defensive side. And, you know, I always like a good defensive wing. And I think the way the league is heading, you know, I'm no basketball expert, but uh, the, from what I see, the way the league is heading, you need them wings who are like kind of two-way players. Is he a wing, though? I feel like he's a big guy. He is, but he play, he's going to be playing on the wing. I'm sure I, he'll be defending like – do you really I, want him in the paint? Like My, defense? Uh, my, my uh, ultimate outlook for him on the Rockets would have him playing the five. And being able to but like a modern floor. five, right? Like yeah, like a Draymond Green. Five. I mean, I guess he could play. I mean, he could definitely protect the rim. He's huge, so yeah. But hey, my biggest thing for him is his shooting. He, he in the NCAA tournament, he knocked down big shot after big shot. Got Auburn to what I think the Elite Eight. That was a long time. I mean, ago. they they were like they were like twenty one and one at one point. No, number he, one team. They, in the they nation. were good. Bruce Pearl's got a program. Ro- the program rocking down there. He played with a true center on that team, though. They had like a seven foot guy, uh, or seven one, who was playing the five. Jabari did not play center on no, that he, at all. Yeah. He was playing on the perimeter a lot. From, uh, from just, what I've just seen, like think about the Mavericks. Christian right. Wood's going to be our starting center. You're pretty much replacing Christian Wood with him, with Jabari Smith. Sounds good to me. They're similar players. Oh, and the Rockets don't want to play this old school one through five basketball that you know at least I grew up thinking yeah. was the way. You know, having a Dwight Howard or a Hakeem Olajuwon, just this rim-protecting big man who has zero outside uh, shooting ability, you know, can make something in the paint, but otherwise is just uh, neutral on offense until he's 10 feet from the rim. Oh, positionless basketball is the future of the league. But All right, let's. Uh, there was one more guy. Did you all m- m- mention anything on Eason or whatever his name was? Um, Eason, I believe he was first team All SEC. Um, another good forward. Uh, he's probably, um, I think he's about six eight. So not, you know, he could play the small or the the three or the four. Uh, either way, another solid player. Um, I I liked his pickup at seventeen. You know, not a lottery pick, but I thought great value. Uh, we'll see what you know. All this young talent, how it how it's kind of sorted out, and where they choose to put him on the team. But uh, as far as Ty Ty Washington, I think he'll replace Dennis Schroeder, who's probably leaving in free agency. Okay. All right, well, let's move on to the Spurs. They selected Jeremy Sohan from Baylor with their first selection. A lot of Spurs fans weren't too happy about this. Uh, he's a defensive stopper, 19 years old. Uh, he was known for having the, you know, the highlighted hair uh, at Baylor. But this guy cannot do anything on offense. No shot. Um Low, super low production. Uh, I, it's he does fit well in the timeline with Primo and Vassal and Keldon Johnson. Uh, I just I don't like the pick from the Spurs. What do y'all think? You know, a lot of Spurs fans have been getting upset with their draft picks recently. A lot of people didn't like the Primo pick, and when he he seems to be pretty all right from what I've seen. They seem to kind of change their tune. He, he was the youngest player in the draft, so I think they've at least earned the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, you know, he must be good if John. They're trying to. Trade Gianta, how do you say his name? Gianta Murray. Dejounte Murray. Dejounte. Yeah. Uh, if they're trying to trade him, and he had a career year last year, almost averaged a triple double, was truly the best defender in the league, led the league in steals. Didn't best defender in the league? Oh yeah. <laughs> he just played for the Spurs. Man, I hate the Spurs, and I can recognize that. He's a great defender. You just the the nation didn't see him on TV last year. He he averaged career highs. He was an All Star. 
but I don't even think he finished top three in defense yeah. of the year. Even though he's a young guy and he's like, what, 25, 26, they're still, the Spurs are just looking for a full rebuild. They, I guess they don't want anyone that they're going to have to pay anytime soon. Maybe there's thing. some injury concern there, too, because he, be. he did have some, and that's what altered his. He's on like $15 million a year right now in his final year, or maybe has a year left. He's about to get paid, so yeah, they, they don't want to pay he's him. He's going to get paid. I, I'm hearing, uh, well, we might as well bring this up. We're probably not going to have enough time later in the segment. Uh, Jalen Brunson, the reports are coming out that he's going to the Knicks, and it's going to be like $25 million a year. What do you think? Well, I mean, you're the Mavs fan. What do uh, you think? I'm not as upset as I thought I would be. I love Jalen Brunson. I love homegrown talent. He, he was a second-round pick. He's a winner. But if you're if – you, if the Knicks want to pay you $25 million more than you're, what you're really worth, then sure, go, whatever. We'll we'll sign two or three guys that can pat, we can patchwork it together to fill that production uh, and probably play some better defense next to Luka, which would be huge next year. Uh, but the Spurs, uh, did they? They had three picks, man. They had three picks. The, they had the Sohan yeah, guy. Mal- they- Malachi Branham from Ohio State. Uh, he was a great value pick, young, 19, uh, like Sohan. Instant offense is what I'm hearing. Uh, and if they do keep John, DeJounte Murray? DeJounte, I don't know why I can't say his name. If they do keep him, I- I'm hearing that uh, Branham will be able to spell him uh, when he comes off the floor on the offensive end of the floor. And then Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame, safe pick, not that high of a ceiling. He's young, uh, but he's a guy that's projected to, you know, contribute on the end of the bench in the NBA. What do you? I know uh, my roommate Keaton. Shout out to Big Keaton. He's a big uh, New Orleans Pelicans fan, man. Uh-huh. And uh, I follow them closely. You know, they're close to home for me. I'm a Southeast Texas boy. Uh, but in the show uh, where we talked about the preview of the NBA draft, you had EJ Liddell as one of your sleeper guys who might be a good player and a lot of people had him going late in the first round but he slipped all the way to the 41th pick to the pelicans so uh good pickup for them what do you think oh yeah three two one well i mean yeah he was one of my sleepers uh i I think he'll be a productive player in the league i don't think he'll ever be an all-star or anything like that but he could definitely be a guy an eighth or ninth guy off the bench for new orleans in the next few years that would contribute to the team i hear that um okay so Every year in the draft, I feel like there's one dude that maybe isn't like one of the top three picks, but ends up being the best player in the draft, you know, maybe in that four to 15 range. Who's y'all's pick if there could be a guy like that, like a uh, Steph Curry kind of player? Jaden Ivey. Ah, I think yeah, I mean, everyone I, was going to take that I was going to say that's probably who you're going to say. So, but I'm know. pretty sure there's, I don't know exactly what the stat was, but there's a significant number of all-stars that have been selected directly after the Sacramento Kings like like 10 all-stars in the last 30 like 30 drafts that they've been in or something like that it's it's crazy uh but they selected Keegan Murray uh one pick before Jaden Ivey purely because he was like no I'm just not going to Sacramento Ivey he was like you can I'm not working out I'm not talking crazy like it's crazy that he'd rather go to Detroit than Sacramento hey hey uh we'll finish up our picks but Paolo Banchero had like never been interviewed or worked out for Orlando. Like they didn't like they totally. I don't know if they smoke screened or what, but I mean, what do you? Isn't that just crazy? That's just crazy. You're no, not going to work out I your mean, number one pick. Like. Two hours before the draft, that that there was reports out that like, hey, top three is settled. It's Jabari, Chet, and then Powell and number three. That's what it was, right? Mm-hmm. And all the odds, I. 
because I, I like we were, t- were talking about last week. I had been monitoring monitoring the odds on the top three picks, and it they reflected the report that came out. Um, I think Jabari Smith was like minus two fifty to go number one. Banchero was still like plus five hundred, and just because the odds shifted so low, I was like, oh, there's no value. Might as well not even touch this. And of course. Everything flips just because the Magic are pulling some smoke out of their ass. Why do you need a smoke screen, the number one pick, though? That's my thing. Just so everyone behind you doesn't know what's happening. I guess, but how does that benefit you? Like, you have the first pick, you're going to pick whoever you want, and then that's it. Like, maybe they wanted to trade it. And by saying they were going to pick Jabari Smith, maybe they thought Houston would, would, come up. would trade. Even though Houston clearly loved Bancaro, they didn't, Houston didn't work out Jabari Smith either. But I guess in their minds, like, if he gets here, we're just going to take him no matter what. Yeah. They don't I really heard- need to work out. I heard it was a best player available kind of situation for the Rockets from their general manager. Um, that's just, you know, the reports I heard pre-draft. But uh, just to go back to my question, I'm taking Usman Dang to the Thunder as my sleeper to be, you know, the best player in this draft. He's a Frenchman as well, right? Yeah. New Zealand Breakers I'm seeing here. What's that about? That's the uh, that's the Barstool Sports team in, in New Zealand. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The Kiwi or something? No, they, they had a guy come out last year, too. Oh, fuck. What's his name? He plays for Orlando. He got traded from Denver. No idea. Something bear, or R.J. Hampton. Oh, yeah. I yes. remember him because he didn't go to college. Yeah. He ended up going to like, he, Australia yeah, or something. Yeah, he went to the New Zealand Breakers. Yeah. yeah. Is he any good? He's, he's pretty good. Uh, he was just on a... Uh, he got traded from the Nuggets when they were pretty deep, and they had Michael Porter. Everyone was healthy. Yeah. So they, they had a man to spare. They traded him in that Aaron Gordon trade. So I think that was like the biggest piece, or one of the bigger pieces that the Magic got back in that trade. Um, But yeah, Corey, you got a got a pick for best in the draft before we get to the Mavericks' second Be- round wait, pick. Wait, best player or like best sleeper? Just like not, not a top five guy that you think could have the best career. No. I really don't, to be honest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I, <laughs> I didn't look, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. I, these guys, you know, in the NBA, they're hit or miss, and it's very low percentage for a hit. And I, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I can identify that in the late rounds of the draft, you know. So, oh, this was total guessing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going with Ivy because I, I feel like that's the. Uh, How about Tari Eason, man? I like All it. All right. Well, I mean, you are a Rockets fan. So. All right. But let's get in the Mavs. They actually traded into the second round of this draft. Selected Jaden Hardy. Um, he played for the G League at night last year. He was the number two overall recruit behind Chet Holgram on ESPN's Top 300 as a high school senior. Um, he's known as a prolific scorer. At least he was in high school. He averaged twenty or 30.8 points a game in Nevada and was Gatorade National Player of the Year his junior and senior year. Um, but he had terrible efficiency in the G League. Shot 33% from the floor and 27% from three. Uh, y'all, have y'all heard of this guy at all? Yeah, well, I thought he said he went to Duke first and then the G League. How, how did his thing? I didn't hear that. I, I heard he was a straight G mm-hmm. League guy, but he was projected like last year top 15 pick, like hands down. So I'm happy the Mavs traded in, got somebody. It seems like we're losing Brunson now, having another guard that can come in and maybe in the next two to three years be something is, is the most you can expect from a second round pick but obviously our last uh, monumental second round pick uh, for the Mavericks was Jalen Brunson and he's panned out great since then so this guy got a similar hairstyle to Jaden Brunson Jalen Brunson yeah does he yeah I mean Jaden Hardy's kind of got a little 
you know, kind of like little tassels yeah. going on. Maybe, yeah. maybe there was some, uh, and the sac, yeah, and the Sacramento Kings traded that pick. So oh, odds yeah. are they fucked that up, and he'll end up being really good. Kings can't seem to do anything right. Uh, but yeah, so another G League Ignite player. Man, a lot of players are going that uh, Ignite uh, route. I guess so. Ignite, just to tell people that don't know, is like a specific team in the G League designed for high school players to just come in who don't want to play in college. Like the G League, every NBA team has a G League affiliate, but the Ignite is like their own thing, just made up. Of There's high- actually two of them now. Okay, yeah, because I, I figured there must be because there's so many players doing this. There's not enough time on yeah. the floor. I don't think every player on the Ignite is straight out of high school, though. Okay. I still think they sign you know, regular G League guys, but I think the core of the team is like five to seven Cause I know younger that, guys. Yeah, that Marjon Bochomp guy. Uh, I don't know him. Uh, well, he, got, he was in this last draft. He was a first-round pick. Uh, I could do a little more research on him, but he definitely was an Ignite player. Uh, yeah, Marjon Bochamp, uh, 24th pick to the Bucks. Um, I believe he was. And then just, yeah, um, you know, you've just been obviously Jalen Green last year. Uh, but there's just no way a, uh, a five man squad is going to have enough minutes um, to supply all these draft picks, you know? So, anyway, I just wanted to go over what that was. And uh, we'll get, we'll figure out what the other team's called pretty soon and get you all that information. Before we get to the free agency preview i had to mention how good of a draft the detroit pistons had though oh yeah with a uh, duran right yeah, Durant, that- yeah uh he's center of the future they were looking to go after deandre ayton in free agency and all the reports are saying that since they got him they're like all right we're good we'll we'll take this guy on his rookie deal and see what he's worth put him and ivy and cade cunningham together they traded uh jeremy grant for to free up some cap space, they have the most cap space in the league. I doubt they sign anyone significant just because they're Detroit. But if they're able to fill out that roster with some mid-level guys, some veterans that can come in and push these young guys in the right direction, I think they could be one of the best teams to you know watch on NBA League Pass this next year. Maybe a quick turnaround, some uh, you know just high-flying affairs, uh, exciting basketball. What you're saying? Oh yeah. Nice. I mean, I did any of y'all get a chance to watch Katie Cunningham last year? I think he had they had like maybe one nationally televised game all year. I I think I saw when they played the Rockets uh, because that was kind of a built up matchup. Yeah, but one uh, versus two. Yeah, but I definitely didn't watch enough NBA basketball to be uh, educated on the matter. Yeah, but have okay. So having him and Ivy next to each other, Kate Cunningham's six eight. He's kind of he can play off ball, but he's ball. He's they're both ball dominant. Um, I think it will still work well together. Ivy has a shot. Cade Cunningham has a shot. I don't think either of them are selfish players. Jaden Ivy's mom has taught him how to play basketball since he was born. He's been re- pushed towards this moment his entire life. I'm really excited about that team. I, I don't think they'll do anything significant for maybe the next five years, but they're a team on the rise for sure. All right. I like it. All right, let's get into uh, some free agency, uh, you know, just news and speculations. I know it's uh, starting today. Uh, we'll have all kinds of news uh, coming out soon. Uh, who are some of the top free agents? I know that uh, Kyrie Irving has stated that he'll be exercising his option and staying in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the biggest name on the market. Uh, I know I'm- that's funny, though, because – Reports came out that nobody was interested in him, in him except for the Lakers. But that was in a sign and trade. Yeah, but that was just like a Westbrook for Kyrie straight up, and need, who 
Why would the Nets ever accept that trade? Well, uh, I just mean, couldn't he also have declined his option and become a free agent? Or was that not he, on the he table? He could have. But, but then he, he has to be re-signed okay. to right, a new deal. First, y'all want to hear the teams that actually have cap space and that aren't negative going into this year? Sure. Okay. We got so, so what you're basically getting into is that it would have been a lot more feasible for him to be moved via trade to another contender like he probably wants to go. That's what he wanted. Rather than being signed outright by maybe yeah, you're going to list like Orlando. And yes. Okay. So, yeah, if he was going to get bought out or decline his option, sorry, he was going to get signed by any of these teams they were talking about, like the Lakers or the Clippers or, I don't you know, any of the contenders, he was going to have to accept like a five-point three million dollar mid-level exception and be basically playing losing 40 million dollars so that wasn't going to happen um but the teams that have cap space this offseason are the detroit pistons at a little over 40 million san antonio san antonio spurs with 33 million orlando magic with 28 million india indiana pacers 26 million new york knicks 25 million all the bad teams jalen brunson uh yeah and the Memphis Grizzlies could join them if they lose some key free agents, which they're expected to re-sign. Yeah, so there's pretty much five teams that have cap space, and they're all dog shit. And it doesn't even the ones that might be interesting or up and coming don't seem like they have a place for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, why would you want to bring in him and let him, you know, ruin your young core of chemistry? Because he just about leaves every team that he's left in a wake of just destruction. Oh, yeah. It seems since he leaves the so. locker room cancer. Uh, sure. I mean, you know. The Cleveland Cavaliers did all right without him. At least was just LeBron, right? If you and, have LeBron, you know it kind of mitigates a lot of factors. And then the Boston Celtics—they were in the finals this year, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, not with him. No, but I mean, it's not like you know he left him as a dumpster fire, and they haven't been able to recover since. Yeah, well, you, okay. Well, first do you remember of all, the drama though that was like during his time in Boston? Like, there's always drama wherever he's at. That well. Boston fleeced fucking Cleveland on that treat, trade, too. They traded Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas. Oh, yeah. Who played, like, not five games anymore. for the Cavaliers. And he also had injury concerns, but, yeah, yeah, a really small guy who just worked in Boston, scoring, like, 30 points a game, and then was sold was sold high. <laughs> hey, yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's a great front office move. But, anyway, I know that the uh, Nets, and I don't want to get too bogged down on Kyrie Irving, but the Nets, man, la- not this last season with the previous one we're like a game away we're literally a toe on a line away from knocking off the eventual nba champions y'all remember that right yeah and then this last season with the whole vaccination status and all that drama you know really didn't get a lot of cha- a lot of time to play as a full team with all their stars and uh you know ultimately i think they got swept in the first round uh y- yeah boston swept yeah, yeah. uh the biggest the biggest thing for you, we can we can drop the Nets talk after this, but the biggest turn in their season was when they traded for Ben Simmons and they traded away Seth Curry, who was their only guard on the perimeter that could score, and they left everything up to Bruce Brown and Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin. I'm, I mean, Kevin Durant can do this thing, obviously, but Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, Gordon Drogic, like a bunch of old guys that have injury history, aren't going to get you through the playoffs. We all know that, no. um, but. In recent news, yesterday, John Wall was bought out by the Houston Rockets and is expected to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't think this is a a move of any notoriety, or do you think this will not really matter at the end of the day? He's just another older player who's past the hill. You know, you can wish for uh, the glory days to return, but, you know, through all his injuries and things, um, you know, he, he earned like 80-something million dollars playing literally less than like 
15 a whole games. season of games over the last few years. So, you know, that's a I'm glad the Rockets were able to, you know, wipe their hands of him and uh get rid of that. But as far as the Clippers go, um I don't think you can expect any type of prime John Wall or anything. Um if that's what you're expecting, you're probably gonna be let down. Yeah. I wish we could have gotten something for him, but just being done with him. Did you all see how much y'all sorry to interrupt you, but did you see how much you're paying him? Like forty one of forty seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're saving six million by buying him yeah. out. And if you they get, just don't want him on. Well, no the, one's going to trade for him, they, and they don't want him around. You know, I they don't, don't want him. You Dude. wait. You wait till the fucking trade deadline. Then you cut. Him. I guess the, then Laker, you cut the Lakers him did trade for we're Russell gonna, Westbrook. We're so. gonna pay all that money anyway. Hold on to him, and then you know, some a team goes, a team's point guard goes down, and we get a second round pick. Yeah, but hey, I understand just wanting to be done with it, and it was an interesting situation with us. Literally, you know, even when he was healthy, having him sit, and uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, and if Kawhi can stay healthy, and if Paul George can stay healthy, if all those planets can align i can see the clippers you know getting bounced in the playoffs <laughs> yeah, yeah getting back to the playoffs and you know yeah getting losing bounced. to golden state yeah but uh a lot of ifs there and uh you know how about how about Kawhi leonard's knee man just just uh could never could never be i don't even healthy. think he's hurt uh you know partial I, I think i think he's just ACL. like fuck it um I'm a fun well guy. he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> He doesn't allow any of the team doctors to look at him. He has his own guys. He has his own team. And when he went to L.A., they all agreed to that. Steve yeah. Ballmer, when they the Clippers signed him, they agreed, like, oh, yeah, as long as you come, as long as you come, you can do whatever you want. You can play five games during the regular season. Like, we'll win a championship. And all he wanted to do was go back to California, where he's from, and just make $50 million a year and just chill out. Because he's never given a fuck about being famous or – being in commercials. I don't even think he cares about being like an all-time great either. I don't He is an all-time great. Yeah, but though. I don't think but he people cares. People don't talk about it cuz he's not in everyone's shit all the time like these other guys like LeBron James or Anthony Davis or Kevin even Kevin Durant. I love Kevin Durant, but he's a cocksucker online. Like he cannot not be on Twitter for more than 5 minutes calling out me and you who are talking shit about him on our podcast. Like he would do that. Yeah. It's just crazy. Um but Kawhi Leonard, yeah, different animal. But no. moving moving on, uh, we have a few other players that have some player options that they have, I think, until tomorrow at like noon to decide on. Bradley Beal, James Harden, um, Miles Bridges. Do y'all see any of these guys moving teams, or do you see them making new deals with their current teams, or do you see them accepting their player options? I think definitely that James Harden will accept it. Will opt in. I think there's, you know, some backdoor deals with Daryl Morey bringing him in. I know he was upset in Brooklyn. I think he's going to do his old boy a solid, stay with the team one more year, see how it works out. Maybe he'll even get in shape. Um, but I couldn't, Maybe. I couldn't see him. Imme- and he's in a good situation. I mean, like, Philadelphia, I know they disappointed last year, but he's playing with a potential MVP in Joel Embiid. Uh, true, you know, first option on offense that he doesn't have to be. And uh, I, I, so I think he stays put, at least for this season. Uh, Bradley Beal, a lot of money to be made, but if the guy wants to win, he's got to get out. I mean, the Wizards, I mean, he's he's been there, he's seen that, he saw what they did to John Wall, and if all he cares about is making money and not winning basketball games or not even playing basketball, then sure, maybe he can get away with that. I could see a sign-and-trade going on there. But, yeah, I think he's the best, I think he's the biggest name, best player on the market available. I'm looking at... 
a big name team like the Celtics or That's what I was going to say. Send Marcus Smart, go ahead and get rid of him. You got enough defense and the best defensive defensive team in the league. What hurt them in the finals was they couldn't keep up. So get a shooter, you know, with Tatum. I would love that fit personally. Add firepower. I like it. Yeah, I was thinking the Celtics or, you know, um Miami. Yeah, or Miami. I think you'd work great down there and uh, you know, put a, put a team over the top and if that's what he wants, I think at this point in his career, I know Bradley Beal is another player that because he's played not necessarily in a small market, but just on terrible teams. Terrible franchise. Yeah, has has never really gotten to that next level of NBA fame despite being a prolific scorer, almost as prolific as anybody else uh, these last five years. Uh, so I could definitely see him changing teams. One more guy. I don't know about this Miles Bridges guy, but uh, Zach Levine. Yep. Uh, Looks I've, like he's going to get the max. Uh, in Chicago, is yep. it looking like he's re-upping? Uh-huh. Okay, it's I didn't. Just some reports coming out. Nothing, nothing for sure, but that's what it's looking like. Yeah, well, they, uh, you know, they put it together in Chicago last year and had a pretty decent squad, at least for first half of the year. Yeah, well, at least for you know how Chicago has been. Um, they went all in. They they traded for Nikolai Vucevic. Um, a few, they brought in a few other guys. They got some young pieces too, but a lot of those guys aren't getting playing time in Chicago. Uh, and Zach Levine, he was. You know the original piece on that team. He's been there through it all when they were terrible, and I felt like he was. He felt like he was getting a little slided with the whole Demar Derozan, you know, being the the star of the team, getting the most touches. So I I didn't expect him to come back. It's surprising that he is, or mm-hmm. at least it's looking that way. Well, maybe there won't be as much turnover in the NBA next year as no, we're, we're I'm, used to. I'm looking at this class right now, and it's it's. I mean, there's some guys in here. There's Gary Payton, Andre Drummond, Victor Oladipo, Kayvon Looney. Dudes that if they fell in the right situation could be very productive and great role players, starting players, but uh, aren't going to change the trajectory of a NBA franchise. No, no, no. But yeah, like like we were talking about Detroit earlier. If if they're able to get like a Gary Payton and a um maybe even a Drogic, you know, just to be a backup point guard, some guys that have been there in 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 those big time playoff moments. To I know it's not going to happen this year for Detroit, but. A few years down the line, hey, here we go. We're here now. I've been here. This is how it's going to be. This is how we got to play. I think that th- that squad could make some noise. And did we talk about Ayton? DeAndre Ayton yeah. opting out? Yeah. I think the milk seems to have soured I don't think he's, in Phoenix. I don't even think he he can opt out. I think it's he's a restricted free agent. And I think somebody just has to match so, whatever no, they're yeah, willing to so pay. Phoenix can match anything, but it doesn't look like they are. But... Like we said at the beginning of the segment, only five teams have cap space, and well, Aiton's young man. He was the first overall pick what four or five years ago. I mean, it doesn't matter exactly, yeah, but the, he's the Luca Trey Young draft, and he was like a nineteen-year-old coming out of what Arizona? Yeah, out of Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah, and I mean, stated you know, the rare goes to college, gets to stay in the same state, um, but so. I don't know about Aiden. We'll see. Uh, that would be a big blow for that Phoenix Suns team to lose such a young piece. But um, I guess that's probably about wrapped it up on NBA basketball talk and rumor mill. Uh, we'll be right back talking a little NHL hockey. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's Lone Star underscore Lowdown. And on Twitter at the Lone Star LD. No, the Lone Star LD at Twitter.
Thank you for tuning in this week at Nashville Motor Speedway. We saw Chase Elliott get the W this weekend after an absolute choke from the Joe Gibbs Racing Team and the Toyotas. Um, when it came down to it, there were multiple delays. We really had to wait all day to get to racing. Uh, at the end of the race, we got down to a caution where really came down to pit strategy. We saw the second, third, and fourth teams out of Joe Gibbs, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Monstrex, hit, which led the way for Chase Elliott to take the victory this weekend. Moving next week, we have one of the longest tracks of the season in Road America, just over four miles of beautiful road course. I would take I would say road course favorites here are Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, and Joey Logano. Other than that, we'll see you next week on the Fastest Lap with Cody Allen. What's up? We're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. I'm your host, Corey Guidry, uh, from the LoneStarLowdown.com or LoneStarLowdown.com. We have to get this right. Uh, that's our website, so be sure to check us out there if you want some articles updating you. We're going to get that going. Um, also, it'll have the links to all the ways you can hear our beautiful voices. So, uh, yeah, check us out there. Um, so, NFL segment. What we're going to be doing for the next eight weeks or so is each show we're going to be taking a division from the NFL and we're going to be breaking down that division, talking about each team, giving our kind of thoughts on what they did in the offseason, what kind of players they acquired, draft, etc. And we're going to kind of give a rundown and we'll go through the whole league. Um, but today we're going to start with the AFC East. Um, and we'll start with the, uh, the best team in that division, the team that uh, is considered one of the best teams in the league, um, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills won 11 games last year. They lost in a thrilling playoff game, arguably one of the greatest games I've ever seen, um, to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, so, guys, uh, what do y'all think about the Bills this year? Obviously, their win total right now, Vegas has it at 11.5, which is one of the highest in the league. They're expected to be good. Pretty much everyone thinks they're going to be a good team. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think about uh, them boys up in Buffalo? Uh, well, i got to go over on that win total. I think they're probably the best team in the league. Uh, I honestly think Josh Allen has probably taken over Patrick Mahomes as the the superstar quarterback of the league. We saw them battle last year in the playoffs. That was probably one of the best games I've ever watched. But Mahomes, he's always had the team around him. The Bills, they've they've built from Josh Allen up. You know that it's a it's a whole different beast up there in the Northeast. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid had come into the Chiefs, and I don't want to get too much into the Chiefs, but yes, brought in Patrick Mahomes to a winning situation. Alex Smith did very well in Kansas City. The Bills, I mean, they were 20-plus years of mediocrity at best. I mean, they were really bad, but at best of times, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. And 11 and a half, it seems like a high number. I think they're probably in like the 12-5, and 13-4 those are weird numbers to be using because it's 17 <laughs> Still not games. Used to it. Uh, but, yeah, I think they'll uh, eclipse that, barring a big injury to Josh Allen. I still don't know exactly what you're going to do at the running back position. It's been the big weak link on offense, and despite emerging talent 
and Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie to fill out that wide receiver core. Obviously, they have Stephon Diggs. Uh, so some really good receivers. And uh, Knox, the tight end, another really good skill Out position player. Yeah. Um, but it's really if, you know, and the running backs they have are kind of scat back guys, Singletary. Zach Moss is kind of more of a between the tacklers runner. Um, but using those guys in the passing game, but then just when you need to run the ball, you know who runs the ball? Josh Allen. Yeah, I was about to say. He's pretty much their running back. Yeah, so we can get into some of the guys they brought in. Obviously, uh, you just mentioned Dawson Knox. They brought in former top 10 pick O.J. Howard. I don't know. He hasn't really lived up to that expectation in the league. I don't know how much. He's a big man. Though. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll probably run some two tight end sets. He'll help him out there. I still see Knox as probably their number one pass catching guy. Um, Definitely. They drafted James Cook out of Georgia. Solid running back. Uh, probably to split time with Devin Singletary um, and Zach Moss, if he can stay healthy. Zach Moss has had both injury those guys issues. are bombs, though. Which one, Singletary or Singletary and Moss? Are, they're both bombs. Yeah, I think. I mean, fantasy wise, you could be looking at Cook in the later rounds, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, they also brought in Roger Saffold, probably going to start at guard from t- the Tennessee Titans. He's a pretty good player, but yeah, that's pretty much it as far as their Vaughn acquis- Miller. Oh yeah, I don't <laughs> have him. Not I told you, you forget about him. <laughs> I did. Like, oh, I already know Von Miller, so I'm not going to write him on my page. <laughs> is he good though? I don't know. Oh, well, he got he? a five-year, <laughs> fucking hundred million dollar deal. They're yeah. paying him like he's good. And he's he just like, won a Super Bowl, bro. But I was going to mention Jamison Crowder, dude. You. Oh yeah, that's definitely <laughs> a way bigger deal yeah, than Von Miller. Y'all don't know. No, no, no. We'll see what Miller's got left in the tank. Uh, Six years, $120 million. Oh, yeah. So a huge and deal. And he's like 33. A huge deal. He probably won't live out the life of that deal. I'm sure there are some uh, he is 33, some actually, options yeah. on the back end. But uh, a winning guy, I mean, a guy who's won everywhere he's been. Uh, he's been a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, you know, they brought him in last year to the Rams, and they won immediately there. So, you know, he can probably coach that defense, and he can still get to the quarterback. That now. wasn't a bad defense last year by any means. Oh, either. it wasn't like he walked into a room full of uh, you know no, no, chumps. No, not at all. Anyway, um, yeah, and uh, and back to the running back thing. I even like the idea of just not paying a running back and just having some guys, but the offense itself doesn't seem like it has an in between a tackler kind of runner. Um, anyway, uh, they also signed Duke Johnson. Oh yeah, he was good for the Texans last year. If I love know. Duke Johnson, he never gets the chance he deserves. But uh, all right, so we got over under eleven and a half. Shay, I'm going over. You over. picked over. I'll take the under, even though I'll, I'm not gonna. You we're not gonna, always got to go against I, the grain, yeah, don't you, Corey? That's the type of guy I am, you know. Um, all right, moving on. Miami Dolphins nine wins in the 2021 season. They probably overperformed based on what a lot of people's expectations were of how many wins they would get. They definitely went over their total. This year, their total is going to be 8.5. Uh, they won, yeah. what, like seven straight to end the year last yeah, year? Yeah, they got hot. They got They've hot. done that like two years in a row, haven't they? Something, yeah. There's been some winning and losing streaks going on for them. I mean, there's been a lot going on. We don't have to get into the. Yeah. Uh, They're a streaky team. We don't have to get into the Brian Flores thing. Uh, yeah. Maybe he was we'll supposed to be losing week. those games. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about their additions. New head coach, Mike McDaniel. Um, Kind of that new school, nerdy offensive coordinator kind of guy from the Shanahan system. He's been around the Shanahan system for a while. Um, other than that, Tyreek Hills, splash news when they made that trade, uh, traded first rounder um, for him and some other additional picks as well. Uh, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, two backs they brought in. They have a pretty stacked backfield now. They have Gaskin, who is their main kind of guy. Not that he's an outstanding player, but they're going to have him, Mostert, and Chase Edmonds on the backfield. So, 
We'll see how that kind of works. They brought in Teron Armstead, good left tackle from the Saints. Um, That's a huge ad. Yeah. One uh, of the, he was on the 49ers last year, wasn't he? No, he's on the Saints. Are you sure about Absolutely that? Absolutely positive. You're thinking Trent he Williams. He used to be on. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, Saints, Saints drafted Armstead. He's been there his whole career. Um, another guy they got. One of our personal favorites, Mr. Connor Williams. Uh, that's <laughs> we'll gonna see. Be, that's not going to work out. They can have fun with that. Um, they also got Cedric Wilson. I guess they love. Uh, that is a very underrated move. I know yeah. they paid a decent amount for him, but he nice little third receiver, nice little slot he's guy. Da- he was Dak's favorite receiver on that team last year. Any at the in that San Francisco game, the end of the year, anytime we needed a big play, we were going to him. And with that last throw before the, old, the it was so close. He yeah. was so close to catching. Yeah, him, man. Uh, last gonna miss him. Last two guys, Melvin Ingram, kind of veteran pass rusher. Uh, he's a bit over the hill. Oh, and Sony Michelle. So they have a huge backfield. Um, I wonder. I feel like one of those guys is gonna end up getting cut. But um, yeah, they extended Xavier Howard. They extended Gasecki, and that's about it. They probably made the most moves in the division. So as far as their win total, eight point five. Uh, what do you think, man? Over under? Under. They're winning four games this year. Not a Mike McDaniel believer at all. He's never called plays. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. Um, it, it might even be seven or eight wins, eight and a half. I'm not ready to say they're going to have a winning record. Not with the 17-game season. Not in a division that I think is clearly Buffalo's to lose and that I think the Patriots are on the rise. We'll get to them. Uh, but the Dolphins have a new head coach. They sound like they have a lot of offensive skill positions, players. You know, a four-headed monster in the backfield. Uh, Waddle will come along. He might not have as productive a season with Tyreek Hill there, but you've also got the Cedric Wilson guy, a good third receiver. I've seen him plenty for the Cowboys. And then uh, Gisicki hasn't really put up the numbers, but they're telling me he's one of the you know next big tight ends. But it starts red and zone ends target. At, starts and ends uh, with Tua Tagovailoa. And did they bring in a quarterback, or did I imagine that? I thought they might have brought in like a Marcus Mariota figure. But- uh, uh, Mariota's in. He's the starter for the Falcons. Oh, yeah, that's who brought him in. Anyway, uh, I just don't know. Bridgewater. Okay, Okay, Bridgewater. You know, I could honestly quickly see Bridgewater beating beating out Tua, and yeah, I still don't think they would make it past eight wins, but I think he's a better quarterback option with all that talent around him. I agree. I think, you know, I think in the right situation, which I'm not saying Miami is, Bridgewater can get a team to the playoffs. Uh, not maybe win a game, but get a team to the playoffs. Anyway, that's my two cents on the Miami Dolphins. I like Xavier Howard. I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in football. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. Um, new head coach, like you said, he hasn't called plays. Um, yeah, I just don't know about our guy Tua. Um, I'm going to go under on that one. All right, what do we got next? New England Patriots. Let's go with the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick still hanging on over there. Um, win total, 8.5, same as the Dolphins. Last year they were a 10-win team. They made the playoffs. Um, as far as additions go, nothing too big. Typical New England style. They didn't sign any big-name free agents. They signed uh, Trent Brown, left tackle. Um, he He's got, back. He got a huge deal from the Raiders about three or four years ago that they clearly overpaid. He did not live up to that at all. They ended up having to cut him eventually or trade him, whatever they did. They didn't keep him for long. Super Bowl hero Malcolm Butler returns to the New England. He's on back, too. They're just getting the gang back together, yeah. aren't they? Um, and that's about it. They retained uh, McCourty and James White. It's going to be the same old Patriots that we probably always expect to see. Um, eight and a half win total. What do you all think? Man, I really like the way Damian Harris ran the ball last year. I thought he was a it was a great uh, 
facet to their offense uh, that's still trying to coax along Mac Jones and, you know, coddle him into becoming a, you know, quality starting quarterback in this league. I thought they played great defense last season. Um, obviously, they beat the Bills and then got blown out by them in the playoffs. That was a bit of a disappointing showing, but I don't see any reason why they wouldn't grow on last year's win total or at least match it. Uh, I could definitely see them having a winning record, so I'm taking the over on that total. All right, I got to go with the over as well. I mean, we all we all know Bill Belichick. We all know the Patriots. Last year, I, I consider that a down year for them. They, they, we didn't, I don't even think Bill expected them to do much with Mac Jones as a rookie QB, um, but I expect him to take at least one more step forward. I think he does have some potential to be a good starter in this league. Um, still not much, not many weapons for him to work with in the offense, but that defense is usually going to come out and, and show up on every Sunday. So I, I expect them to get at least ten wins this year. You know, and as far as their draft goes, grows, I gotta be they are they have to be one of the worst drafting teams in the league. They I are. know. I mean, they their first round pick Cole Strange. You saw the viral video of Sean McVay. Like, who is that guy? They took him. Oh, they want, no, they wanted him in like the fifth round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, oh, we wanted him in the fifth. Uh, it's just not that you know that's the end all be all, but most pundits did not have him anywhere close to the first but Bill Belichick didn't give a shit about that he's gonna take whoever he wants um yeah they just I just I would love to see them with more weapons for Mac Jones I guess that's not their style but yeah I just feel like their weapons are lacking but eight and a half wins I could definitely see them coming in with a smooth uh nine and eight record they brought in is that 17 uh, is that 17 yeah they brought in a second round receiver this Taekwon Thornton guy out of Baylor not a big fan of him that guy's just not he, a big he, fan of him. He would have been a classic Raiders pick, mm. Al, an Al Davis think, Raiders think pick. Think Corey Coleman. All he did was run streaks and screens in college. He has no like route running uh, ability, ability, or at least it's not on tape. He ran a four two nine at the combine. So well, the Patriots have always been about making the most out of those late round picks. So we'll see what they they could have done. They had a uh, uh, three fours and three sixes and a seven. So yeah, they'll we'll probably see about find, those guys. They'll probably find a few diamonds in the rough knowing them. Moving on to the final team, the New York Jets. New York E T S. The New York Jets um had a huge offseason when it comes to drafting. Uh, they signed a few free agents. We'll go through those quick. Solomon Thomas, former number three pick, definitely is a bust, hasn't lived up to that. So he's more of just a role player on the line for them. CJ Uzama who is a tight end for the Bengals. If you played fantasy, he had a couple big games last year, and he is dating Kate Adams, the host of Good Morning Football. I don't know if y'all ever... I did not know that. Yeah, so good for him on that one. Uh, <laughs> but let's go through their draft. Obviously, three first-round picks. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, number four overall. Garrett Wilson, number 10. Uh, wide receiver out of Ohio State. And then Jermaine Johnson, former Last Chance U star uh, in the first round. So... They definitely acquired a lot of talent. They won four games last year. Vegas has them at 5.5 over under. I'm taking the under, man. <laughs> uh, the Jets are, yeah, they were 4-13 and last season. I don't know any reason they would be any better this year. In fact, they might regress. Yeah, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to pick the under on their win total every year. <sighs> I get to be different it could be, it, it could be at two. I get to be different again. This is awesome. The Jets are going to be one of the most improved teams out of the the, the bottom feeders of the league when it comes to the Jags, the Giants, and the Jets. I think the Jets are going to win about six. I could even see them winning seven games, man. Uh, I really like Sala. They play good defense. Last year they beat a few good teams. They beat the Titans at home. They beat Cincinnati. So they had a few 
wins that you kind of say, man, there's there might be something here. Obviously, Zach Wilson, it's all going to be on his shoulders. Depends on what you think about him. Uh, but they definitely are supplying the weapons for him. You know, they're going to run out Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore, which to me has, but on paper, you might say, oh, that's not too too great, but if you know the potential of those guys, it could turn into really something special, especially with the two young guys. So I'm going to go over with the New York Football Jets, uh, see if that comes back to bite me in the ass, but I got faith in them. I think that they'll be one of the most improved bottom feeders. I'll make sure to write that one down. Write it down. Hey, I'll just a quick down. little fantasy note. Is Brees Hall going to be the starting running back? So it should be Michael Carter and Brees Hall splitting. Obviously, you never know these things for sure. If the fantasy community did, it would be very helpful, but... You know, I think they're going to – Brees Hall, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the lead back, but Michael Carter is a great guy out the backfield. They picked him in the second or third round last year. So I yeah, think he they – Yeah, he was a good uh, pick last they'll year. They'll probably run a 1-2 tandem and uh, just go from there. All right, yeah, I remember Michael Carter. He did have a good season last year. Uh, well, anyway, uh, we got to wrap up with some uh, NHL Stanley Cup. Lord Stanley's Cup was awarded Yeah. to uh, the Colorado Avalanche. They won – uh, beating the two-time reigning champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the Avs won in six games on away ice. Uh, it was 2-1. The Lightning went up early in that game, and then the Avs just uh, they tied it in the first and scored their second goal in the second period and held them off to capture the most prestigious trophy in North American sports. They love saying that on TV. Yeah, They uh, actually say that? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. It is the coolest trophy. Though. Poor guys. They dropped it immediately, though, Poor which is babies. like the one thing you're not supposed to do. They put a dent in it. Oh, yes. I didn't see it, you know, but I'm, it ha- I'm sure it happens all the time. Well, I repair that I shit. just think it's cool because it's a growing trophy. You yeah. Know? Have like, y'all eventually, that shit's going to be like 20 feet tall. Well, have y'all seen the like actual Stanley Cup? Uh, uh, you got to look at it online. I don't even think it exists, but like all the rings, if they were put all on it, how tall it would be? No. I thought because, they were all on it. No, 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 no. They take off rings like every 13 years or something really? they have to take a ring off but if you go back and look at it from like the old school days there are like different uh, circumferences different of metals. fucking yeah. yes yeah it's a crazy looking thing it's something to look up on your own time maybe we'll plug it with a picture or something but uh yeah anyway the avs won it it's their third uh title in franchise history uh it was a pretty decent series um there were two blowouts but all the other games were pretty competitive hockey it was much more exciting than the nba finals if you ask me despite you know what six games as well so uh Anyway, yeah, well, hockey season will be right around the corner. Corey uh, Perry, did you see? Uh, he was—he's the first NHL player to lose three straight Stanley Cups on three state straight or three different teams. Oh wow, I didn't—I uh, didn't know that. So he finally—he joined the team that yep. was beating his ass yeah. and just lost with him. <laughs> yep. Oh well, um, I did not see that, but you know, good on that guy for joining the team that beat him. That's exactly what he deserves. Um, so yeah, uh, remember to. Check us out on LoneStarLowdown.com. Follow us on LoneStar underscore Lowdown on Instagram and uh, LoneStarLD on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and SoundCloud or anywhere else you can stream podcasts. And we hopefully will have our YouTube page up. Big thanks to Cody Allen and Michael Mookie Taff for coming on the show this week. I uh, want to thank Corey Guidry and Ty Henderson. I'm Shay Holt. Uh, we got anything else to mention, y'all, or are we wrapping this Lone Star Lowdown up? All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah, Corey. I think we're good, man. All right, hook them. Hey, Ross, sauce it up. I'm afraid of being average.
and I'm rattling it every day. I'm stuck in a loop. Round and round we go. Everybody say, You really playing and get zoos? I scream for more. She won't get us cool. I adore the Yoruba first. Talk too smooth, really 